This episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast is sponsored by Brewskits, handcrafted dog treats made from spent beer grains, oats, barley, and rye. No chemical preservatives, a great source of fiber, and packed with protein. Visit brewskits.com to see the full selection of treats for your dog and your cat. Receive 15% off your first order by typing in two important words, Fermented Adventure, at checkout. Cheers! Ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guest. He's Aaron Diamond. I'm Richine. Dawn Ranieri's here, and this is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. And today, we're at Trainwreck Distillery in Mount Holly, New Jersey. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you guys doing today? We look. We're talk. We're going to talk train wreck, and we're going to talk some amazing spirits. And the first thing I want to know, and the thing we ask everybody is, how did all this get started? How did train wreck distillery get started? So, uh, so basically, how everything happened was uh, we all, um, me and my grandfather, we started uh, making wine and beer together, and then uh, we made a ton of wine and beer together, and then he passed away. Now, you and your grandfather, now, was this something that he always did? Yeah, so he always, uh, he always made wine and beer, just as, just as a hobby, just to, he messed around with it. And, and this was a great, like, you had a great, it sounds like you had a great relationship with your grandfather. That, yeah, you yeah. Know, some, yeah I mean, some grandfathers take their, you know, grandsons to the park or baseball yeah. games. He, he took you to make wine and beer. Yeah, so, but it was, uh, we had a great relationship and everything, and, uh, and when I f- first started, I wasn't even I wasn't old enough to drink, so he didn't let he really he didn't let me drink at all. I mean, I was I was only 16, 17 years old when he was teaching me how to do it, and basically he would just make the wine, and I would just help him mix everything up and put pitch the yeast, and then he would just sit around and drink while I would just walk, watch him drink everything. But uh, but it so was, you it were was just super... basically you were you were his help, man. yeah, you yeah. Just, I, was, like... I was helping him and just. Just helping him out and just hanging out and uh, just go over there and just hang out and and uh, and then before he passed away we uh, we we're getting ready to do uh, we have a, 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 a farm in uh, in Pemberton and we were, they had a bunch of blackberries and we we're getting ready to do this blackberry wine and then he passed away and everything so we just never got to dinner and we just it just all stopped so then uh, my grandma she had all of her all this stuff to sit in the garage and just, I'm like, ah, oh, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me take that. Let me see. Let me see if I could just, just playing around, just messing around with it. So then I, uh, got all of his old, just wine and beer making equipment and just started, uh, 
tinkering around, messing around with that, and man, it tasted horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. Like, uh, just it was just not good. It just tasted like vinegar, and it just was. It just didn't. Just didn't. And I mean, I was, I was making. I was making batches. They were exploding and everything. Oh, and my it God. Just, it was just bad. And I, I really didn't know any – I didn't know what I was doing. I just – just trying to fo- – just trying to read his handwriting and trying to follow his recipes and everything. But I just couldn't get it. And um, so then I'm reading and I'm like – I found this article where that it says you could turn bad wine and bad beer into whiskey. So I was like, ah. Oh. This seems cool. You've got the handle on making bad wine and yeah. bad beer. You, you got that down. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, so I bought, found a still on eBay for a couple hundred bucks. Came here and uh, put put all my bad batches into the still, and just then I started the still, and I was and it wasn't at first. It wasn't good, but it started getting better and better. And I just I don't know. Just the process was uh, I I just enjoyed it a lot better than making beer and wine. So then after that, I uh, I just started finding courses all around the world. I've been to uh, Louisville, Kentucky, Portland, Oregon, Texas, California. So talk about some of the courses you took in these areas. Yeah, so in uh, so Portland, Oregon, I was uh, I went to a, a, a distilling a distilling conference, and they had tons. Of, it was a like a, a week and a half long, and they had uh, little um, classes all week. So we went to a bunch of different distilleries um, and just just learned how to make different products and just You just said we. Me and my father. You and your father. So yeah. now this became, you know, this went from your grandfather and you yep. to you and your father, you, you yeah. and your dad. Yep. Right? So so backtracking before I started studying all this, me and I uh, I was just getting out of high school and I was like I didn't go to college. I and I was, I, I've been an entrepreneur all, all my life. I mean, before I started distilling, I was buying and selling cars and I, and I've never really just had just like a normal job where I have someone above me besides my dad. But, uh, but I've always just like doing my own thing and just trying to figure it all out. So, um, so then I was like, man, I don't really like selling, buying and selling, fixing up cars. I want to start making whiskey and start doing something, something cool. And, at the time, there was only, I think, two distilleries in New Jersey. So this is back in 2000, 2013. So there's only two, two or three in Jersey. And then in 2014, we bought the old train station, the, the building that we're in right now. Um, and we started the distillery in 2015 of November. Um, so then we, so then once we bought the, the just so. We came into the distillery. There's a lot yeah. going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, you went from, hey, taking bad wine and bad beer, making whiskey, doing a lot of, you know, you're, you're self-taught, yeah. meaning that you're, you know, you're trial and error, but yeah. you're getting you're getting an education yeah. from a lot of good resources. If you're going yeah. to Louisville and you're going to these week and a half conferences, yeah. you're getting a good education on how to do this right. Yeah. And this is a great building. This is so much fun that we're in. Yeah. And uh, one of the... Uh, the best times I had in classes was in London, England. Uh, I was there for 10 days, and I went to a bunch of different distilleries, had uh, tons of classes, learning how to make gin, learning how to make whiskeys, learning how to make single malts. And before I went to England, I was like, 
man, I hate gin. I, I never want to come out with a gin. I don't like gin. I don't like Tangeray. I don't like Bombay. It tastes like a Christmas tree. And then I went to London, and I'm and then one day, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. We're sitting in the classroom. And they line up 10 different gins. And I had this one gin that's just really similar to my gin, and it just changed me. And I was like, wow, this is totally different than any other gin I ever had. And I, I couldn't even believe it was still gin. So it's just, uh, if I've never went to these Now, courses, do you remember the gin or the distillery that you went to? Uh, it was a blind. It, it was just like, there were just different styles. Gotcha. They, didn't, they didn't tell us the actual distillery where it came from. They said, okay, this is a new Western style. This is a, a London dry. This is a, a, like a, like a, a overly spiced and they had different, and then they had different flavors and everything, but it's really, I mean, the t- traditional was the London dry gin was the traditional gin, but I think in probably, I don't know, ever since, a few years ago, they, the, the new Western style gin, which is our gin, um, that's uh, the kind of gin that we make, it, uh, things are super popular right now, and it's not like, we say it's not like your grandfather's gin. All right, so you have gin on the table. Yeah. Why don't we try it, and we'll okay. talk through your vision of the gin and what you learned from... So I have to tell you, we, you know, Dawn and I were in London back in 2020, right before COVID and the whole pandemic. And we had the same experience. Well, we didn't learn how to distill it, but we went to a number of different distilleries. Um, We went to... One of our favorites for gin was Sipsmith. Yep. Um, And we liked this... They have an orange one that we really enjoyed. Um, We went to uh, one of the distilleries in London... And I'm just, we actually went to, you know, what do we have, five or six distilleries while we are in I London. Mean, I'm trying to think of the ones that I was, we had took a, one at East London Distilling. That was really good. Um, went to Sip Smith. Got an awesome tour at Beef Eaters. Um, I went into the Beef Eaters Distillery, and they said, I'm like, hey, I'm here to get a tour. And they're like, yeah, you didn't get a tour for three months, kid. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, really? Like, I have a distillery in the States, and uh, and then this guy walks down. He ends up, he was an assistant distiller for Beef Eaters Gin. Wow. And, he, and he's like, here, come with me. So you said the right thing at the right time. And I'm sure, you know, for, for Beef Eaters, you, you really get a larger scale education. Yeah. And you get to see a different side of the distillation process. Oh, yeah. But I wonder for Beef Eaters, if they've got some of that, you know, Gin that they don't let everybody try. Yeah, maybe in R and D or in a you know, limited batch release or something. It was their their distillery was really. I mean, the guy took me. I, I couldn't even bring my phone. He's like, "You gotta leave your phone here. You gotta. You, you're you. You're not like." So you're hitting frisked at the door. Yeah, you're I mean, basically, key. like it was it was crazy. <laughs> and there was, it, I seen like their first the, all their new equipment. They took me up and where they actually make it, and it was seeing from my little tiny distillery to this ginormous really massive i love it because it does give you an idea of what you could potentially you know if you decide to you can see the vision of where you could potentially go yeah right i mean yeah. train wreck i mean you could buy beef eaters and open you know yeah. a little train wreck distillery out yeah. there in, in in england it'd yeah. be fine yeah yeah so you you came around to the idea that you were more accepting the gin and you know, we've said this on the podcast before for Dawn and I, not big gin drinkers, you know, when we were first introduced to it. Then we started drinking craft gin. Yep. And now we're big fans of gin. And big fans, 
you know, you have an award-winning gin here. 2018, yep. you won an award, I think, yep. right? Yep, you won a double gold. So uh, that's that's high praise to get a double gold for the gym. Yeah, right? and it was I was I was super surprised, and uh, I mean I was I mean I knew I had a really good product, and it took us a while to develop this gin. Uh, we so tried. talk about the process of developing your gin. So so back to while I while I enjoy yeah. the nose on this, so, you can you yeah. can enjoy so, it. So so when we so after I took all all the courses and everything, so then we hired a uh, Matt. Uh, he never called himself a master distiller, but I, 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 I call him a master distiller. But he worked for numerous distilleries, and he did consulting with us. And then we uh, we figured out all of our recipes, and he 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 told me a lot on my stills, and because it's different from working on someone else's still to your own equipment. So this guy came in, and he helped us out, and uh, so then it was hard because we didn't. I wanted to do this style of gin, but you got to figure out like, okay, do you want to make it more spicy? Do you want to make it more floral? Do you want to make it more citrus? Uh, he really helped you take what was the concept in your mind yeah. and dial in what was going to work well together. Yeah, and it's hard to get that botanical ratio. So in our gin, we use a juniper, coriander, Chinese spice, spice, mandarin peels, lemon peels, angelica, and ginger in it. So I, I love this. I mean, one of the things that stands out for me is the spiciness even on the nose. Yeah, the Chinese five spices coming in. I, and the I fresh... get, I get, yeah. And, and even, and then what happens is there's this underlying citrus note yep. that kind of just smooths it all out. Yeah. So uh, it's big. And everything we use is all fresh. We use fresh mandarin peels. Like right before we distill, we peel the mandarin peels, peel the ginger, peel the lemons, and it's all... Now you don't dry the peels out; it's no. all fresh. So you're getting fresh. those oils are, are just yes. right off the fruit. Yeah, everything's fresh that we do, and uh, I just never. I mean, when I distilled with uh, with dry, I just felt like I had a better. I got a better distillation with uh, with the fresh fruit. So the the flavor and really what lingers, you get this oily essence of those citrus at the back of the mouth. Oh yeah, while you're still. You know, you get that peppery note, you get the spicy note from the other botanicals that are playing well. But let's not forget, this is still a gin. Yeah. So you still have the juniper in there. Oh, yeah. And it's... It's just light juniper. It is. It's a very light juniper. Yeah. And and it's a very pleasant... This is a great sipping gin. Yes. And that's, I think, the key for your gin right now. That Like, you can just sit and sip this and enjoy this or you can add an ice cube if you want oh yeah but you make plenty of cocktails out of this too yeah and i tell people all the time and then people are like hey what can you uh what can you sip this with or i mean what, what can you mix this with and i just tell them i make mean, a lot of people just drink it straight up or even put a if you put a tiny bit of water it really opens it up or even club or if you don't like if you don't like tonic i eat a club tonic or whatever or just maybe even lemon peel or mandarin peel how did you come? It's an eighty-proof gin, right? Yep. How did you come at putting it at eighty proof? I mean, did you play uh, with the proofs yeah, at all? Yeah, so I played with it at uh, 80, 90, 88, 100, 108, like a navy strength gin, um, and I felt like eighty proof. It just was a very neutral. Everybody, when when we came out with it, everybody enjoyed it at eighty proof. And whenever we come out with a new product, uh, we just will line uh, line up. Um, probably like eight or ten different proofs all lined up and we'll just go down the line and but for me I like the stuff higher I mean it tastes it tastes better at a higher proof but 
I mean, when it's coming out of the still, 160, it's it's really like you can't even tell it's 160 proof. It's super smooth. It's it's crazy. What resonates with me in hearing your origination story and how you've come to be today, even even with trying to determine what would be a good choice for what the next expression would be, you're asking for help. Yeah. You seem to always ask for help. Yep. You've, you, you've gone to schools, you've brought in a consultant, a master distiller, yeah. you bring in people to yeah. um, give you advice. Yeah. That's a good nature to have and, and not feel like you have to always figure it out on your yeah. own. And in the distilling industry, everybody's willing to help. I mean, every... I mean, there's probably only a few distilleries that are like super secretive, and and usually when they're super secretive, they're doing something uh, something that people don't want to know. But I mean, <laughs> or they just want yeah. they want to corner the market on yeah. an idea, right? But I mean, I'm I'm everybody in the industry. They everybody's always helped me, and I I help everybody else too. I mean, if anybody ever comes in, they're like, "Hey, Aaron, I'm getting ready to start a distillery," and I'm like, "Whatever you guys need, I'll help you guys out as much as I can." and uh, and it's just, just returning the favor because everybody else helped me. So, Your neutral grain spirit on this is a corn yeah, base? Yeah, corn base, yep. Now, one of the things I get out of this is I, I do still get you, – you. a lot of times what happens is when people make a gin, they'll take that neutral grain spirit and you'll lose some of the character. Yeah. I still get the character there. I get this vanilla yep. to it. I get some sweetness that comes off of here. And, and I, I enjoy that. I don't want to – have everything so masked yeah. that you forget the vehicle that took you there. Yep. So really, you know, kudos on this. It's, it's a delicious gin, and um, you should win more than just a double gold. Do they get triple gold? I don't uh, know. Yeah, they, yeah, they get a bunch of different. <laughs> they all they all give different different medals. They get platinums and golds. But yeah, maybe next year we'll re-enter and see uh, see see if we can get some better awards. Or but I I, I think it takes I, I think a lot. the awards come out of. Your growth and the patronage of people yeah. that continue to become regulars here, right? Yeah, and and if you tasted our first batch, opposed to the batch now, I mean, I always still tweak tweak the recipe. I'm like, okay, this this is uh, batch 22, and I'm like, all right, this next batch, I'm gonna maybe put a couple more ounces of this and a couple more ounces of that, in and just change it up. It's, I'm always changing it because I I never sat. I always want to make it little bit better every time. That's unique because if somebody is, you know, loving your gin, well, maybe batch 23 will tweak it a little bit more for yeah. them where they'll love it even more. Yeah. And it's good for you to get the feedback too. Yeah. Say, Aaron, um, I like 21 better than 22. What yeah, did you exactly. do there? Or exactly. whatever happened to batch 14? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Batch 14 was disgusting. <laughs> no, that but, was a good one. Yeah. But, but it's, I could do, like, I could do it. And tweak it a tiny bit. Well, it won't. It won't change the whole. It will still taste the same, but to me, you might get maybe a little bit more citrus in it, or it'll still taste kind of the same, but tiny different. But that's what's nice about being a small craft distillery, where we could do small changes like that, and it's not a big deal. That's a beautiful thing. You're so, not. You're not stuck. Yeah. Like you, you know, you can't be Coca Cola. Yeah. Where if you go to New Coke. They're ready to shut you down, and yeah. th- there's there's uproar, right? Yeah. You can you can put those little changes to it, and I think that's what people expect. You being a craft distillery, this is an old train station. Yep. Talk about how you came up with the name Trainwreck Distillery, or how this all came about so, for that. So how the like the whole name Trainwreck name came about is uh, 
Uh, me and my dad, we walked into this building and we said, uh, wow, this place is a train wreck because it was a mess in here. How did you come to pick this building? I mean, you know, having an old rail station, um, how did was, you come to pick it that? Was, it was for sale. Just for, happened to be for sale? Yeah, it was for sale for a while and it was just vacant and and it was a train wreck inside. I mean, we had bums living in the basement. The, basements were, the basement was flooded. Uh, people broke in. Uh, people, uh, all electric was ripped out. Uh, it was... Uh, holes in the walls uh and it was an old jamaican restaurant and they left they just left and grease thick grease on the walls oh my god to see it today this is a beautiful space thanks i can i can only imagine the hard work and all the elbow grease you put in it took us a it took us good year and a half just to get it all dialed in and everything just it was it was non-stop for almost 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 two years but you also needed a place and obviously you know this, the ability the ability to search. You know you need high ceilings for your distilling yeah. equipment. Yeah. You need space for storage, yeah. space for your grains, and all that stuff. Yeah. So when we uh, bought this building, we knew it was going to be way too small. We knew it was going to be way too small, but it was. We wanted to get started, and we wanted to just just see if we could do it. And we we had people tell us, "Oh, you can't have a distillery on wood floors," and and I was like, "Oh yeah, you can." And now I'm like, man, you can't. You can't bring a forklift inside. You can't. I mean, there there's some things that there's do. challenges and limitations. Yeah. So you can do it. Yeah, it's not the long term plan oh, if you want to yeah. go to larger production. Yeah. So we uh, so we knew this wasn't our gonna, was going to be our home, and we knew that we we need to find somewhere something else to grow because our plan. Our, I mean, this wasn't planned to. Uh, just to have like a little tasting room and just so um, we're, we're planned on getting into different states, different countries, doing uh, a lot of contract distilling for smaller distilleries. So I, that was my plan to, to just get, I, I, the, the, I really wanted to get into contract distilling too. And so. Again, that's another part of your entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. You know, a lot of people might have been, you know, their goal would have been. I want to have a still. Mm. I want to brew some clear spirits. Yeah. Maybe make some whiskey, put it in some barrels, let yeah. that rest, have a little tasting room. And for a lot of people, yeah. that's a great spot. Yeah. Entrepreneurially, entrepreneurially yeah. you're thinking, I got bigger plans. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just sometimes it's tough, like running the tasting room but and making spirits. But at the end of the day... I need to pay my bills and I need to <laughs> like, I, I, I need to live. So I need to make some sort of money and I just have to, uh, but I still love, love it, but I just have to just do, just do something a little bit bigger. So we, uh, we found a warehouse in Mount Holly, just directly across from our distillery and we purchased a 20,000 square foot warehouse. And, uh, right now we're in the process of, uh, we're, 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 it's all approved by the state and federal government. Uh, we get where we could start distilling any and whenever we get all of our equipment in, and uh, we have equipment in there. We I, have I see your social media, and yeah. I know you're getting deliveries and stuff like that. Yeah, so we have a still in there. We have small equipment in there right now, but we have a um, we bought a uh, a continuous column, so it's totally different than a uh, than a pot and column still. Uh, so basically it works off of our fermenters. Our fermenters are 6,000 gallons. So it pumps from the fermenter inside of the still and it, it runs the spirit and you can collect heads, hearts, and tails all at once 
and we have the capability of making uh, around 12 to 14 barrels in about 10 hours, a 53-gallon barrel. So, I mean, we could really crank out a lot of product, and it's going to be uh, good for us to start um, if, if we, we're going to just going to start laying down and just invest in our, uh, our time. And we have a couple big contracts already with uh, some uh, pretty big uh, distillery, other distilleries that they've been asking us, and they don't have the room. And, and small, some small distilleries, too, that are looking to get started, and they want to start laying stuff down so when they get all their licenses and everything, they can come out with a whiskey or a bourbon because it takes, takes, takes a while to come out with all that. This is exciting in a lot of different ways yep. because, number one, now you become barrel storage space for your own product, yep. which, looking around here, you're out of room. No, oh, yeah. I mean, we've, we've gone back there and, yep. you know, where the distillery is, and I know, you know, you, you, you've said to us on a tour, you know, we don't have any more area to put barrels, so you're yeah. kind of holding back your production yeah. in what you'd like to do, but now you're going to have barrel space for your own production, yep. plus you're going to have all this barrel space, which a lot of other distillers yeah. don't have capability of doing either. Yeah, exactly. So, and my thoughts is, it's kind of like the brewing industry where all these other small breweries are going to these brick breweries to come out with their beers because they don't they don't have all the equipment, they, and, they, they, and it's, it's a lot of money to start up all this, so... They could come to this. They could go to this bigger brewery and say, "Hey, I want to make this beer." So I kind of think now it's starting to shift where there's more smaller distilleries coming in, and they're going to need help. And I could um, help them out. And, and it takes a long time to get all the license and everything. So that's the plan. So we're getting really close. We just got our. We have uh, got over. We just got our mash ton in last week or two. Nah, two weeks ago. So uh, we're getting that all. Uh, rigged up right now we got a uh, the boiler coming in uh we got, we got a boiler we're getting the boiler all piped up right now and uh hopefully we'll have everything all up and running we'll have our first run by august hopefully just waiting on grain silos and is that always your vision uh, i mean but you, know, you you can have that vision but now you're seeing actual pieces come together yeah you know, was that so, you're seeing it now? Our, it it, it yeah. sounds fascinating, right? So our business plan wasn't to have a wasn't have a, a, a tasting room. We it was not in our in our business plan to have a tasting room. We just wanted to have somewhere where people could come in, try our stuff, and leave, and have a tour, and then leave. That's it. Because we, no one in my family, we never ran a bar. And my dad always said, yeah, running a bar is horrible. And I'm like, ah, let's, let's do it. And my dad's like, nah, it's a horrible, horrible <laughs> business. And, and then the one day we're like, all right, well, we got all of our spirits ready. Like in, back in 2017 when we opened the doors to have people come in, um, we're like, all right, well, let's open up the tasting room. Let's, let's make some cocktails and see what happens. And after that, it just took off and... People showed up, didn't they? Yeah, it was surprising and it just it just got busier and busier and busier. And now we're only open two days a week. Now we're open, uh, I think, five or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, and we're uh, getting ready to ex- uh, expand our uh, outside seating. So we're going to make a huge outside uh, area down by the water. And then we're redoing our caboose where we're going to rent that out to... Uh, to another um, someone to do maybe food in because we're not allowed to serve food. So we're going to run it out. Maybe uh, we had some talks to someone doing like a 
lobster like lobster rolls or tacos or something. So, so you have some guest chefs, guests yeah. guests they'll come in and cook in your space or somebody might want to take over the whole thing yeah, and so. say, Hey, I'm gonna be your on site provider yep. and have food all the time. Now when yeah, we so. walked in, the, there's an amazing smell. You're distilling rum today. Yep. That's a great smell. Yeah, rum. I love that. Rum's one of my favorite. And you have rum on the table. Yeah, so we have the gold rum. Now talk about your gold rum. So this gold rum, uh, so we uh, let this age in our uh, whiskey barrels. So we let this age for anywhere from a year to two years. Um, I have some I have some rum right now that's almost five years old. So I'm just letting that sit. I'm probably going to do a release on that soon. But, uh, now, are we talking in the barrel size? Because you have some 15 of the 10, They're all 15. 15, These are all 15-gallon barrels because I'm trying to just move it quick. Because the, the smaller the barrel, the more surface area the, for the spirit that has, uh, that have the, um, the age. So it uh, ages a lot faster. And I'm just trying to turn it over so I could pay the bills and everything. Well, when you say that, I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking, Aaron, that, all right, you're putting something into 15 15- if you have something in a 15-gallon barrel and it's yeah. been aging for a year, what does that transfer into, um, like, dog like time, years, time, like dog like, years like, or whiskey years? People say anywhere from two to two to, two to three times. So, so, so one, you could have a four-year four rum yeah. age. And if you've got a five, yeah. you could that could be almost considered almost like a 10 Yeah, year. but after in a smaller barrel... You can't really age it for that You're long. You're going to lose all the, the, it's the gonna, character. It's going to oak. It's going gonna, gonna to taste like oak. It's yeah. just not going to taste good. So I think after five years, after all, with all my studying, it's just after that, you're just like, nah, nah that's it. Like, shouldn't uh, age it for any longer. But let's uh, give this a try. Now, you started out with your, so your first spirit, was that just a vodka that you did? No, so we started out with the train wreck, uh, train wreck rum. The train wreck rum. Yep. So you, and, and it's a, it's a, um, a sugar cane molasses uh, molasses so we use a supreme based molasses and uh, and then we and we'll just share one because okay. you know you're heavy on the pores which I love <laughs> but uh, then we're then we're gonna start slurring and yeah. the, the podcast won't sound good anymore yeah he's gonna have to carry me out of here <laughs> I love your pores yeah so the molasses supreme molasses now did you go through a process where you were trying different yep. sugars yep. to start so I with? tried uh Grade A, Grade B, Grade C, Supreme, Blackstrap, Sugar King Juice, Granulated Sugar, Brown Sugar. I tried it all. And this, and I tried blending them. And the Supreme Molasses that we bought is the, the, it's the top of the grade molasses that you could buy. So when they, if you know how they uh, make molasses, it goes in uh, layers. So the Blackstrap is the burnt bottom barrel, cheap. And it has a lot of uh, sulfur content to it. And this has very, very small sulfur. The molasses that I use has very small sulfur uh, uh, in it. This, to me, is banana on the nose. It's like a banana saltwater taffy. That's what I'm like. I'm like, I feel like I'm at the shore right now or just on a beach, but I'm getting banana saltwater taffy. You get a little bit of funk, which you'd like to get from a rum, but you also get some... Pineapple-y kind yeah. of tropical notes on the nose. Mm. Was was that like the kind of vision that you had when you kind of sat out to make a rum? Yeah, I wanted I wanted it to be a uh, sweeter rum. I, this is a, a Caribbean style rum, um, so that's this kind of rum I wanted to shoot for. Um, so. And I think I think aging this in a barrel kind of also smooths out yeah. some of. The, I mean, it's an eighty proof. 
but I also think you don't get a lot of ethanol on the nose, so I think mm-hmm. the, the oakiness or the, the barrel kind of brings that down a little bit. Yeah, it's... Um, I tried different bunch of different kinds of barrels, too, Asian. I tried Asian in a rye barrel. I tried Asian in my single malt barrels. I tried uh, Asian in a bunch of different barrels, and uh, I've been, now I've been Asian in our single malt barrels, and it's been... Uh, and tasting really, really well. So this one right now this is our is, single malt. Is a, sing, a single malt barrel. Yeah, this is a single malt barrel. It's just you get a little bit of graininess. Yeah. From the mouthfeel, probably from that single malt barley, right? Mm-hmm. Where are you getting your barley from? Is it is it local? Or are you graining? Are you getting uh, your grains local? Or no, no, no. We just we contract comes uh, from the Midwest. Okay. So uh, just from a big farm in the Midwest. Uh, definitely want to in the future want to. Uh, try to do some local uh small batches but it's just uh right now it's just a little bit a little bit too expensive for us but definitely want to support local and try try some small batches out some small little batches but uh but we're happy with the grain that we're using right now i mean it's making phenomenal products and uh people are really enjoying uh uh, especially with our single malt because we use 100 percent two row barley in that this rum and the barrel play so well and so nicely together. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that I, I always look at rum and especially aged in barrels. There are a lot of whiskey drinkers who will not go anywhere if it's not a whiskey. They will not verge off the whiskey trail. Yep. But this to me is something that if you are a whiskey drinker, mm-hmm. you will enjoy this rum oh, yeah. because it brings out so many characteristics of a whiskey, yep. but you don't, you still have rum here. You yep. get the sweetness of the rum. You get the, the fruitiness that you're coming out of. You get the molasses flavor in this rum. This is just phenomenal. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, no, we had, so we had some patrons that wouldn't come into our bar until we started making a whiskey. So, and then once I started making this, they were like, wow, this, this is good. And, but whiskey's always, whiskey's always king. I mean, everybody loves whiskey. It is, but when you, you know, for, I, I guess, again, my experience is Dawn and I, there are a lot of craft distillers such as yourself making a lot, an array of different things that if you're not at least trying them, yeah. you're missing out. And you may find oh, something yeah. that, be, can, that will now become one of your favorite things yeah. that you can enjoy that. Just, just let it roll, yeah. you know? And it gives you an appreciation even more for the whiskey or the bourbon or those single malts that you're enjoying based on your experience with some other spirits. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, – I, I was really, really happy with this uh, with this batch out and how it came out because we, we were going to age it in, in another barrel, but it just uh, – we just tried it out and it – so are you, is it in your mindset now to stick with, like you said, you, you tweak things here and there. Yeah. Is your mindset now to say, look, I think we're on to where we want to be. We're going to do yeah. our rum. We're going to age it in our single malt yeah. barrels. And that's the way it's going to move forward. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to do something like a, we have a honey bourbon on the table. Yeah. And if you want to do a rum and a honey bourbon, well, yeah. that could be a limited release down exactly. the road. Right? Exactly. So uh, speaking of limited release, we just, last year we, uh, uh, during the coronavirus, uh, Spellbound had to dump all their kegs, so we ended up. They ended up giving us, uh, it was like 50, uh, 50 kegs or sixty kegs. It was tons of kegs, and we ended up distilling it. Their peach IPA, and we made a uh, peach IPA whiskey out of it. And that's been aging for a year now. And, and our, when does that get released? Oh, it's still aging in the barrel. I. I'm, all right. So here's what people yeah. need to know. You're you're contracting. And you're going to create even more of a, a, a catalog of items, even for yeah. yourself. 
Yeah. You've got these great opportunities today where you're bringing in other sources, like yeah. for Spellbound Brewing. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Yeah. So people are going to definitely want to say, hey, we need to see what Trainwreck's got going on. Because yeah. you never know what limited release may be coming out yeah. today. Yeah. So we're... Uh, Those collaborations are yeah. key, right? Yeah. So, but like with that collaboration, it's just... I'm just waiting, wait, I keep on uh, waiting for the right time for it to uh, just taste, taste. When, when it hits your palate, yeah. you say, there it is. Yeah. So You're ready to release I, it. It's coming close, but I think it just needs a little bit more time in the barrel, and I just don't want to rush it. I just want it, and I think this, because this, this Spellbound Peach IPA, it's just, you can taste the peaches, it's it's awesome, and it's tasting really, really nice, and I'm trying it once every couple months, and it's, it, it's a nice, uh, it's going to be a nice nice piece and that's aged in a uh you know and i think it's a rum rum bow all right i'm putting my order in now so yeah, one yeah, there'll be one less bottle available yeah, when yeah, it releases. So that's, that's gonna be good and that's gonna be very limited that's probably only gonna be like 70 bottles so that's, that's it be, yeah. once it's gone it's gone yeah all right when we come back we've got a couple more items that we're going to talk about in your catalog in your expression and we're going to learn more about train wreck brewskits beer grain dog bones brewskits your dog will go wild Brewskits, beer, grain, dog bones, a healthy alternative for your pup. Brewskits are all natural and made in the USA. Visit brewskit.com. That's B-R-E-W-S-C-U-I-D.com. We're back. You check the still. The rum's still running fine, right? Everything's yep. good? Yep. I was thinking as we were talking, and you mentioned COVID a couple of times. How has COVID impacted your business? And now that we're you know at a different state, of where that is, you know, where, where are you and what have you learned from the process? Um, so COVID was very, very interesting. Uh, so during, uh, the, the coronavirus, we ended up uh, making hand sanitizer. So that was, uh, kind of crazy. Um, didn't expect to do that. Um, we, uh, no, you never really thought the formula for hand sanitizer was going to be important to what you were doing. Did no, you? not at all. And, uh, how that all got started was, uh, just one uh, the coronavirus and I seen on the TV yeah hand sanitizer shortage and I was like oh well I have alcohol maybe I can make it I found it on the web <laughs> I looked online and it's three three ingredients uh, four ingredients uh, hydrogen peroxide glycerin water and uh, and uh, ethanol and um, yeah I made it and posted it on our social media my phone blew up and uh, and then we were making hand sanitizer for from March of, of twenty twenty, and there's a hospital right down the road from here. Oh, were they yeah. were they taking on your hand sanitizer, yeah, or so, was that some other places? Yeah, we made uh, so in the whole coronavirus, we made a uh, four point five million ounces of hand sanitizer for all kinds of uh, hospitals, uh, uh, big corporations. A lot of it was for doc like hospitals and doctors' offices, and we donated tons of it to police station, fire, EMS. Um, the Red Cross, we donated tons and tons. We, 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 and, uh, it was crazy. It was just crazy. It was nonstop. I barely slept and, uh, it was a lot of work. I've never worked so hard in my life. Well, let me ask you a question. Through COVID, I mean, you stayed open. Yeah. How did that impact your business and what did you do to stay in business? Um, it, um, it, it impacted us, but I mean, we, uh, everybody still wanted to drink and everybody wanted to drink more, but 
no one could come in. And, and so we had a change. So we did to go cocktails and, and then, uh, so we made slushies too. So we did to go slushies and, uh, and the to go cocktails there, uh, they worked great. Everybody loved them. And we had to do, uh, we did lines and, uh, uh, once or twice a week during COVID, uh, we give out free hand sanitizer to the community. So people would come in and get their free hand sanitizer and buy some bottles and, and then go on their way. But it was, uh, really tough. We had to change our whole layout, uh, just to keep everybody social, socially distanced. And it was, uh, it was, it was tough and it really, uh, affected my, um, my, uh, all my other brands because I was making hand sanitizer for six months. I wasn't making spirits. I was just, so I had, yeah. How this, did that impact you? Knowing this year it was impacting me because I was, I mean, because we you're were, not laying down things yeah, like bourbon six, or single malt. For, yeah, for six months we weren't laying down anything, so it was just uh, now it's, it was just getting. It, it's just, and in the future it's gonna get. I know one day it's gonna it's gonna be like, oh man! But we've been doing, we've been working more than we were before COVID, so I think we'll it'll it'll be fine. So, but. I know it's going to be fine, but like yeah, you said, now but, you're but really even the bigger intentional. guys. Even yeah. the bigger guys, they were making hand sanitizer. Everybody, everybody, everybody was making hand sanitizer. Industry, so I think uh, maybe three, three, four years from now, there might be a vault in whiskey because everybody would stop production in whiskey and making hand sanitizer, so they couldn't lay down on that whiskey. So, but right now, you poured us your single malt. Yeah, now talk about the inspiration for the single malt. Why a single malt? And I know. You know, single malt to the craft spirits industry, I think, is something that is right now on the cusp where more distilleries are doing it for craft. Yeah. Why a single malt? So, a single malt, um, I, uh, I just, it was just one of the, another spirit I enjoyed. I just enjoyed drinking single malts. And when I was looking, there's, there's no American, there's only a few American single malts. And I, I, I just like being different, so... When everybody's uh, making bourbon, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try to make a single malt, and uh, and it turned out excellent. Talk about the is a specific barley you're using here. Yeah, so we use uh, two row barley. Um, so actually, we started out. Uh, I spellbound uh, gave us uh, some barley, some two row barley, and made a batch with it. it turned out great, and we're like, okay, let's uh, stick with it. And you could either use six row or two row. Uh, six row is a little bit cheaper, but it doesn't have that uh, flavor that we were looking for. For so talk about the flavor. Talk so, about what it was that you were saying. Hey, this is exactly what I wanted. So drink. we didn't want to have a. Uh, personally, I don't like peat. I don't. I didn't want to have a peated whiskey, and I think a lot of people don't like peated whiskeys. And I didn't want to come out with something that tasted like a leather belt either. Either. So I wanted something that was nice, smoky. Still smooth, not a bad like it, you don't get that bad uh, burn like you would do in the whiskey or this. This is only uh, aged for a year, and it's it, it and aged in a year in a small cast. So. Now is this is this a cast you had something in prior? No, this so is this a virgin. So oak. this is a virgin oak cask uh, char four. So it's that's a where you're char. getting a lot of that smoky. Yes characteristic to it the yeah. higher char yep and i want i wanted that in the beginning i wanted that smokiness to it and i think that really uh so it's a balance you don't yeah. want peaty no. but you want smoky and and i think yeah. there's a nuance there's a difference there right yep yep um you, you don't want 
you didn't want characteristics of drinking barbecue. Nope. But you wanted the um, the, the, the there's there is a smokiness that comes out of yeah. here, but it, it's more like a a deeper, richer balance yeah. to it. Yep. Almost like um, I get a licorice flavor out of this. Yep. Um, I I also get a, a, a nice sweetness to this, like a cherry flavor to this. Mm-hmm. It's that's just, I, I think that's from the oak too, the, from the cherry. I think it, that really is, uh, um, the, the, um, I, I really think the barley really plays a big factor in it too. Um, just to making it just a little bit that, that's, that's, that slight sweet flavor to it. It's a 92 proof. So it does yeah. still say to you, Hey, Oh yeah. I'm a higher proof. Yeah. Which I enjoy. Oh yeah. Um, I think, as my palate changes, and I think for the whiskey drinker, the higher proof now it gives me the flexibility to say, all right, if I want to add an ice cube to yep. that, if I want to add a little water to that, yep. you can now change the flavor profile and get a lot more out of it than oh, yeah. if you start with, let's say, an 80-84 proof. Yep. You, you can't go back. No. You can't add proof no. to it. Yeah, so that's why. And all this was the, uh, well, this was one of my last products mm-hmm. I released, and. I wanted to come out with something that was a little bit higher proof. So I just felt like, and when we were trying everything, uh, it just tasted, uh, everybody just liked how it tasted at 92 proof. And we're like, okay, let's make it 92 proof. So that's that's what we did, and and, and it just turned out great. So I, I, I think that from your point of view, and again, this is your vision, right? Yep. So you get the sweetness. You want a sweeter single malt whiskey to that. Yeah. But you get honey, you get vanilla, you're yeah. getting those characteristics yeah. out of the barrel. What what so is this something at now you're doing it in fifteen gallon barrels. Yeah. Do you see yourself expanding this out to fifty threes? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um I think I wanna focus uh more on single malts than uh bourbons because um the single malt whiskey, the new American single malt, uh it's just a up and coming uh, market and it's uh, and I think it, it, it and people when people try it because it's like a scotch I, I would compare this to a scotch but it's an American scotch it's an American it's, style it's not made in Scotland it's made in America right. so um, and it's just uh, I don't know I, I it, in in a bunch of articles I've been reading they said the American single malt is uh, up and coming and, it, and more and more distilleries are starting to do single malts but the thing about single malt is a bag of barley costs 50 bucks. A bag of corn costs 10 bucks, 5 bucks. So, it's a lot. And that's why it's... And I tell people, they're like, oh, why is it so expensive? I'm like, well, it's the price of... It's the ingredients. So, just, you, what just, you're starting with is going to yeah. cost money. Yeah. And if you want that quality product... Yeah. So, it's... Uh, but I think people... But when they try it, they really appreciate it and enjoy it. As I sip this, and I love the way this meanders, as it sits, I'm getting some light tobacco notes in 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 my in, you know at the back of the mouth. That that proof kind of stays there, but I still get this orange citrus cherry that just stays in the back of my mouth, yeah. and and it's a pleasant, it's something pleasant to enjoy. Yeah, with doing the single malt and the barrel finish. Do you have any ideas that you may play with uh, of other barrel finishes um, for the yes. single malt? So I Are you allowed to, do, to say? Yeah, so I wanted to do a port. I love port finish single malt. Port finish 
finished single malt is my favorite. I that's that is it, is there something in the back right now? No, or do, no. do we have to, so no. now we're really talking if we no. want a port finish of your single malt, yeah. we may be two to three years out right now. Yeah. Nah, nah, um Anytime we finish something, we, you only want to finish it for a couple months because you want to pull all that flavor out really quick. And if you age it for too long, you're going to lose that flavor and you're going to get more oak. And um, it's not going to, you're not going to get, so if I had a port bow, I let it sit in there for three months. But I just, I don't have a big supply of barrels right now. Because, I mean, port barrels are like, I think like 60 gallons, 62 gallons is a wine barrel. Not like a traditional uh, whiskey barrel that's fifty three gallons. So and they're at a premium, I'm sure. Oh yeah. everything's at a premium. Oh yeah, they're expensive. And so I mean, you do have a lot of you know South Jersey in the area. We do have a, a lot of good wineries. A little, yeah. A lot of good. I mean, Auburn Road was one of our podcast guests. They're making amazing wine. So I mean, there are some resources that you have locally oh, yeah. where you can start pulling barrels from them too. Yeah, and we we've, we've talked to plenty of wineries and. Just right now, we just want to uh, get everything because we're still trying to get that new warehouse opened up. So we, we don't want to focus on starting new brands. For right now, we want to focus on getting this warehouse done and just get everything going and start cooking over there. So then once we get that going, then we could, or we could, we could play around forever. I mean, we have so much room to make different, different concoctions, different spares and everything, so... That's going to be – I can't wait to see this all open. Yeah. But what's going to happen with this space here? Is this going to stay as a – I mean, yeah. you've got your still here. Are you going to leave your still yeah, here? So, Are you going to uh, move it over there? By, what's your plan? By law, we have – everything that's made here can be sold here, and everything made over there has to be sold out of there. So we can't bring, really? bring stuff over. Yeah, so that's the New Jersey law. Um, Even though it's like right across the street. Yeah. And so if I want something that's made out of your new distribution still warehouse, yeah. all that stuff, I got to walk – I got to go over there. Well, well, we'll probably make everything over here. Everything that make, gets made over there will be made here too. Okay. But in smaller batches. I mean, we'll, we'll just make enough to run the tasting room, but everything over there. Um, but we'll, this is – this side of where we are yep. is really going to become more the entertainment Drinking, yeah. tap room, tasting room, kind of a thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So you just come in, see, see, like, kind of get, and then we'll maybe have a video screen of showing the big distillery, and then uh, a couple times a week, we'll everybody wave at the other distillery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, like, a couple times a week, we'll uh, we'll do tours over at the the big distillery. So, um, I'm hoping by. Then August we'll have everything up and running and we'll have everything going over there. So this is delicious. I'm really enjoying this. Thanks. Kudos to you. Um, this is a, a, a look. If we look at the single malt sector for American or new single malt or whatever, this is a great product, and, and you should feel proud of that. I mean, Thanks. all your expressions really good. I mean, you take the time. You want to make sure that if you're going to put that train wreck label and you're going to put your name yeah. on it. You want to make sure it's high quality, yeah, but so, this is this is really strong. This is great. Yeah. So when we started, we uh, we didn't come out with a product right away. It took us like a year, two years until we. I mean, we started in 2015 and we didn't open until 2017. So it took us two years to nail down all of our products and all of our recipes and everything. So um, I just didn't want to come out with a bad product right out the bat. I wanted to... Well, nobody take, wants to do that, Eric. Yeah. Uh, well, well, <laughs> hey, let's release the bad stuff. Well, I mean, I've, I mean, I've been to 
I, I, I've been to places where they, they start and their products are, they're, they're not as good. And then after a couple of after a couple months goes down, their products are amazing. And right. they took the time to, to slowly go into it. And then that's how I learned. I'm like, okay, I don't want to be like this, this distillery. I want to take my time slow. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you have investors exactly. and you have, you know, bankers and you have, like, you're running out of cash. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I can understand that. But it's also, look, everything's been a learning process. Oh, yeah. And for you, you seem to have a real strong structured idea on how you want to do things. Yeah. And and if you're going to really focus and say, this is a train wreck product, it's got to start up here. Yeah. You're not going to release it. No. If it's not, yeah, I, I, we, and whenever we, we release a product, we have people try it out, and and if it doesn't taste good, back to the drawing board. I mean, we, we need to figure it out, and it's a lot of money releasing a product, and if something doesn't taste good. Oh, you, you're to, paying for bottles, you're paying for yeah. labels, you got to get you know Dumping approval, yeah. and all that stuff. What's the next one we're doing? Because I, I, I know uh, the, we've been holding out on this one. This bourbon. is this this doesn't even exist. Yeah, there. So this, this is was, the last bottle known to man. You just cracked yeah. this, but there'll be more coming at some point. Yeah, so more coming. This was uh, so this this was by accident. We didn't uh, I didn't want this to age this long. So this is our bourbon, our three year old bourbon, and then it's aged for in a honey barrel for a year. Now, is this... And I only wanted to age it for three months. And I said it gets overly <laughs> oak, but you still get the honey in it, and it's awesome. Now, like, when you when you age this, I mean, so you took in a bourbon barrel and you put honey into it? Yeah, so my dad is a beekeeper, and we got some blueberry. So this is, and this is a blueberry, honey, bourbon barrel um, spirit. So, so that's, so we put that blueberry... Blueberry honey in the bourbon barrel for six months, and then we took that out, and then we put the bourbon in it, and I forgot about it, and COVID hit. You forgot about it. I just, just hey, where did I put that barrel? <laughs> I know yeah, I, I was too busy making other things. And I'm like, oh man, like I gotta release this honey bourbon. I tried it. I'm like, man, this stuff tastes great. The nose and the honey, and you still get the essence. It's very it, slight honey. It's very slight, yeah. but you get like this earthy. Um, tone to it that's there. Yeah. The sweet, earthy tone to it. I, I'm, I'm just... I don't know if I want to share this, but I do <laughs> I do know I have to. Now, with a lot of what we talked about, as you start to think about releasing things and your next steps, how is... like You know, we talk about COVID. How is that affecting where you are in terms of bottles and getting sourcing bottles or materials and things like that. So I was dealing with that this morning where I had a supplier crank the price by uh, $2, $3 per bottle. Wow. And a week. And that hurt bad. And I mean, I told, I just, I I could find another supplier, but it's just not that supplier. It's a lot of my suppliers right now. And it's, uh, inflation's here. Inflation is, uh, it's hitting the alcohol industry. Uh, I think the prices on Apple, it's, everything's going to go up soon, um, just like everything else. And, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. I mean, paying uh, uh, like almost three, four dollars for a bottle. It's, and when you're and you can't get them back. Nah. It's not that you can say, hey, bring them back, return them, we'll wash them, and we'll refill yeah, them. You can't I, do that. I know. And it's because uh, we're used to paying a couple bucks or, for a bottle. I mean, it's. Because, I mean, we're selling our some of our products. I mean, 
we're, we're selling them and we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're just making enough money to pay the bills and everything. But, um, it's, uh, but at that price, it's just like, wow, like that's crazy. Where does it, I, you know, I, I saw a post, Little Water, which is out of Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. He showed his white cap whiskey yep. where over the course of COVID where he's used three different bottle styles. Yeah. You know, where does that, I mean, because the bottle two is a brand. Yeah. So I see this single malt that you do with the blue comet label. Yeah. I mean, then you got to think, all right, I got this label, which has to go on a bottle. And if I got this bottle and extra labels and I can't fit yeah. it on the bottle, where, where does that run in your head? I mean, as far as your planning is concerned. It's, uh, it's kind of scary. Um, because this brand, like just like the super chief brand, this is a oval sphere bottle. This label won't look good on this another different bottle, so you kind of have to go with the bottle, and it's uh, and it, and it's tough, and it's it's hard, and or you could just go to go to China or another country and order a whole container load, and it's but it's it's a lot, so you just gotta figure. You it have out. to balance out, but yeah. here's the thing: what I look at when you look at your bottles, I mean, the train wreck label looks like a ticket. Yeah. From a train. Yep. Your super chief is the front of an, uh, of a locomotive. Yep. So you got the cow catcher and everything else. And then the Blue Comet represents that diesel age yep. of the Blue Comet. I guess the Blue Comet Limited yep. um, of diesel transportation and um, passenger transportation. So you're also looking to convey a theme yeah. so you can create that experience. When people look at the label, they already start to have an experience and a romance for what this is going to be. When you think about, Oh my God, now I got to change the bottle. Yeah. You're changing the consumer experience, aren't you? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough, but I could see, uh, I see the people over at little water. We're, we're really good friends with Mark over there. He's a really great guy. And, uh, and we, we all will go back and forth and talk about, Talk about this stuff, so it's uh, and, it, and it's, it's not hard. like all of you use the same style bottle. No, where you can buy in bulk yeah. and say, "Hey, let's just share uh, no. the cost." I, I know, and and if uh, and if we did that, Mark would totally be down to do that with us, <laughs> and uh, he, he would love that. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's tough because everybody has different bottles, and uh, and it's and it's tough. So. I think it's important not for the consumer to understand yeah. that you know. It's, it's not just the grain. It's not just the yeast. It's not just the barrel. You've got a lot of things going on yeah. to get that juice into a bottle yeah. and what it's going to cost you. Yeah. So uh, people – I tell people this all the time. People buy with their eyes too. So they're going down the shelf. They're looking at the bottles. They're scanning the shelf and they're buying with their eyes. They're seeing this bottle and if, and if it you got this weird bottle on the shelf, they're going to be like – Man, like this isn't a train wreck, or, or it's going to throw out the brand because, like, that's true. Because if they're looking for a train wreck product yeah. on the shelf, and it doesn't resonate yeah. that it's the same bottle, exactly. So, like, that's a lot. A lot of people are looking for the swing top. These swing tops, man, they are a pain. And I want to switch over to a bar top, but people love them. people. People love the swing top. And I don't know if I want to change that, but it's uh, just and people know train wreck swing top. So, I mean, we, we've had it forever. It's funny you say that because there are certain bottles you come to know. I mean, like Heineken will always be in a green bottle. Yep. If they switch to a clear bottle, yep. you may not even see that. No. Uh, Stateside Vodka does the swing top. Yep. I mean, you do start to see. I mean, yeah. look, 
You know what a Jack Daniels bottle looks like right yeah. away. Yep, you see exactly. Jack Daniels, you know what that looks like. They were to change that bottle, you might not even see it anymore. No, no it's just like Blue Coat too. Blue Coat has that awesome cobalt blue bottle. You know, you walk in and say, oh, that's that's Blue Coat. Or, or yeah, that's Stacey with Flip Top. Or, yeah. But I, I think looking at your bottles, the ones that you have are exactly yeah. what you want to see for that specific expression. Yeah, and we want to we want to try to have all different kinds of brands too. Like we everything we try to do everything like different. I don't want to have like we didn't want to have everything called Trainwreck. We want to have everything different names, different brands, and just try to separate it all. So again, entrepreneurial. Yeah, you're you. you yeah. Know, I, I love that about you that you really understand building, growing a business, mm-hmm. and it's in your blood. And, and whatever and wherever that fits with your grandfather's spirit, yeah. that was ingrained in you in a very young age. Yeah. By the way, what was your grandfather's name? Norman. Norman. Yep. Norman Diamond. Norman Diamond. Yep. Norman Diamond. Yep. He needs, if you have it already and we missed it, yeah. he needs some sort of a bottle or a brand named after him. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I he think does. he does. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, somewhere along the line, yep. you know, pay tribute to your grandfather that way. Yeah, definitely. Now, you do entertainment here. You have great entertainment. You have this backyard area, and I can't yeah. wait to see what happens when you expand this out. you got this backyard area. You've added a tent. It's We've been coming here for, I think, now three years over time. And watching you and Trainwreck grow has been a lot of fun for us. You know, you just had the station here, and you had your little... Um, the little bar here, yep. and it's a beautiful bar, and the copper that you do on top, and then you open up a little bit outside, right? And now you have a tent outside, and now you're doing this, that, and the other. You got a caboose over there, yeah. But you've got this amazing, you you know, you look at your website or you look at your social media, and you see some of these live entertainment. We've come here, and you know, the the entertainment like stops and like, no, play it. We're having so much yeah. fun. Yeah, we get some, we got some. Pretty good bands that we get in here, and it's always uh, it's always a blast. I mean, people are having, having a good time, uh, um, and everybody's just uh, relaxing, having a nice cocktail. Um, it's just a, and we're family friendly too. Um, people bring their family, bring their kids, and uh, everybody's just just hanging out, having a good time. So, and you do some food trucks, yeah. So sometimes, and people can bring in food, or they can order food yeah, delivery. Yeah, right? so uh, uh, sometimes we have food trucks come in. Um, and then other times, you if there's no food trucks, people can just come in, bring their own food, BYOF, and um, yeah, just hang out, have a couple cocktails, maybe get some pizza or I, look barbecue. Or it's something. it's hard because you know I, I always look at you know it's you know, cocktails are one thing, but drinking spirits is another. I, for my own personal taste, I don't want anything that's going to impede my ability to enjoy a spirit. Like, yep. what we're doing now, I can't see eating a pizza. Yeah. I can't see eating a sandwich or barbecue. Yeah. Although, I love barbecue and a nice glass of whiskey. Mm. That, to me, or a beer, nice and enjoyable. Mm. But these are phenomenal spirits. And you've got more. You've got a vodka. You've got the rail car reserve. you got your regular rum. There's yep. so many more things to try. If you're in, you know, Mount Holly right now, you know, we're, what, a little more than an hour's drive from New York City. Yep. You know, Delaware, Philadelphia. We're right you in know, the middle. You're right in the middle. Yeah. And Mount Holly has some nice breweries that have opened. There's a little bit of the downtown area. Yep. It's a great stop. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. To come out, check out your website, check out your social media, find out when there's going to be some, 
you know, a great live music band and just come out and just enjoy some of your products. Speaking of this, we need to just pace this. Let's put some love on this. Yeah. This is this is amazing. This I knew is that good. was going to be up your alley. Oh my this god, is this is good. I, I, I love it. I, I, I love the smile on your yeah. face. It's, I it's tried like, it. I tried. I'm like, man, I miss this. <laughs> it's like your kid yeah. was. You're the father sitting in the stands, yeah. and your kid just hit a home run to win the yeah, game. That's nice. the smile on your face. Yeah, it's this. This is good. This is really good. I so I'm really happy how this came out. What I, you know, I've enjoyed just sipping this. And as we're talking, it's not – you don't feel like the honey is an additive because sometimes people will make a – let's say a, a honey bourbon or a honey rye or a honey gin or things like that yeah. where they'll add the honey back in and you just feel like it's a sweetener additive. Yeah. It's, it's just such a wonderful honey nuance to this. I, I think that – comes out and that's a that's that's something I wanna just pay tribute to all the things that you're doing. The things that you are producing have this nuance in each individual bottle. Your rum is nuanced by that single malt bourbon barrel. Your blue comet is nuanced just by the the grain you're using and just the way it's produced and the time it's spending in the barrel. That gin I mean, even just what you're doing with, with the botanicals and, and peeling those mandarin oranges and all that stuff, you're, the citrus, it's it's nuanced. So that that's a great tribute to what you're doing Thanks. and, and the, the foresight you have for producing your spirits. Thanks. Thanks. This is I, we could just sit here and just let's I I, you just crack the barrel, just yeah. finish it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like no. <laughs> this is good. This is really good. So what when you when you drink this now and you haven't had it in a while, what what resonates with you? I mean, besides, it's just good. I mean, uh, I need to make another batch soon. <laughs> That's what I really. Dad, need, Dad yeah. needs to get those bees moving. Yeah, right? I know. We need to. We need to start another batch. Um, no, it's uh, it's 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 different than the regular Super Chief. Um, the regular Super Chief has that. Uh, it's a high. I mean, the Super Chief is a sixty-six percent corn, twenty-four percent rye, ten percent barley, so it has that high rye in it. So you get that spice, but I feel like the honey removes that. Uh, that high spice and you, it's just um, but to your point Aaron the spice is still there it's still there but it's not as high no not nearly and it's just like soothing is because if you try the regular super cheap you could get that nice bite but people people like that bite but like this is just, I think it's uh, I don't know it's it, it's definitely different than the regular super cheap it's just the honey just mellowed it out um, and sweeten it up a little bit more. But you still get the oaky characteristics oh, yeah. that do linger on the palate. Yep. It, it, it almost keeps going back and forth. You get honey, um, you get honey flowery sweetness yep. and oak. Yeah. Honey, it just keeps bouncing back and forth. The honey's very, very subtle. Very but it's still subtle. there. It's there. It's there. It's just, I, I kind of wanted it a little bit more. I, I don't know. I, I like how this came out. I, I, it's, I love how it came out. Yeah. I wanted it to come out because the blueberry honey, oh, unbelievable. It was, it's awesome. It's really good. And I wanted it a little bit more flavor, but I still, still is great. I really good. So is there anything right now about train wreck and things that are happening that we haven't talked about on the podcast? No, other than, uh, we're just getting ready. We're just been working, uh, 
every day getting our new warehouse ready and uh we should have that uh up and running hopefully by the end of august or early september and hopefully we could bring everybody over there that come check it out and come come see where uh so there'll be like this grand opening kind of so this in a way so you said you started in 2015 yeah you did your r&d you, you you felt out your distillery you felt out your still and all the products yeah 2017 was it november 2017 you said yeah that's when you had your grand opening yeah uh, so j- j- july 2017. july 2017 july, yeah. so actually that just passed it just did so that's a four-year anniversary yeah is there any kind of you know recognition of your history and, and what you're looking to do uh just just keep on it's kind of catching up with you isn't it it's like yeah. I'm, I'm just i'm just i'm just making rum back here dude that's all yeah, i'm doing i i mean just just keep on trying to make quality spirits and just just uh we have some interest uh we're getting ready to hop in a couple states uh i have a couple of contracts with uh delaware pennsylvania florida uh new york so and we had a, uh, some interest in uh japan uh um what do you think of that, Dawn? I mean, what do you think of that bourbon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> just, she's been sipping I'm to just the joint. Yeah. <laughs> so we have we have a bunch of interest in a bunch of different countries and everything. So, so now distribution, the people when the believe it or not, Japan is our number two listening yeah. country. Really? So those in Japan will be able to hear this. Yeah. When can people expect to buy some train wreck in well, Japan? Hopefully by early next year. I mean, we've been uh, talking to a couple of distributors and we have a couple of contacts and, uh, we're just trying to get everything dialed in in the new building. And, uh, it's just, uh, once we get everything over there, we have a new bottle line coming in. So we'll be able to do, uh, I think it's like a 1500 bottles an hour. Um, so we're just gonna start cranking it out. You got to get busy, man. Oh yeah, we just <laughs> every, day, every day. I mean, hey, I, I come to work. I love my job. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything better. It's just, uh, just an awesome time, and I, I, it's like just the best job anybody could have. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, listen. So. I mean, like I said, Dawn and I have been coming here. I mean, we didn't get you at the 2017 mark, but we've been visiting you over the last couple of years. We've really enjoyed your product. We've seen the growth and development. Thanks for loving what you do, and thanks for doing what you do. We look forward to all the great stuff coming out of Trainwreck. Can't wait to see the grand opening of the the new space. And just really, when the next release of the bourbon whiskey, (laughs) that honey bourbon, your single malts, your port release. Again, if you haven't been to Trainwreck in Mount Holly, New Jersey, definitely put it on your list and get here and enjoy the cocktails, enjoy the music. Aaron's here. Visit with him. Let them know you heard them on the podcast and just enjoy Trainwreck. Yep. And I appreciate you guys having me on today. It was a great time. One of the keys is <laughs> this isn't a train wreck anymore. Yeah. <laughs> great job. Thanks. Thanks, Aaron.